Today on the show, I'm happy to have Cameron Sim. He's the founder of Corza. They advance your thinking with courses by industry experts. So you were just telling me about how you make micro improvements in people's lives with these courses that they can consume in, in a timely manner. How does this whole thing work? Yeah, absolutely. We've, we really thought deeply about the future of learning, how people can dissect really contextual learning, especially with all the noise and social media and all the different platforms that are available now. What we've done is we've built a, essentially a, an industry practice marketplace, all delivered on a mobile phone and contextual to your day. So on one side, we have a whole bunch of industry experts, coaches, leaders, people that really understand how to deliver or contextualize leadership tips around doing presentations, being great leaders, but also within certain fields like technology or business, et cetera. And on the other side, we have sort of users that really need that information at different times of their day. And so we have an AI platform that is able to match that content to that person's day when they need it, a bit like Spotify for learning. So we have playlists that you can access when you need it and to give you actionable feedback as you, as you go. So are you finding that it's easier to implement for people based off of this type of setup? It is much easier to calibrate the right learning for someone and uh, through, through that sort of engaging experience, as opposed to traditional MOOC courses where people would sign up and do, do a whole range of courses and for the most part, maybe not even complete that course. Whereas we can calibrate the learning experience through up and delivery, right? So maybe one person likes the first couple of suggestions, but actually then it doesn't become contextual and we can calibrate as we go using machine learning to, to figure out. Uh, what is the right piece of content at the right time to deliver for that person? And we're getting smarter as we go. So to that, in that instance, it's much easier to deliver the right content and we can be more accurate. Now, before this, was this your first venture in, in this space or have you had multiple companies now? Yeah. So this is probably my third company. I previously built a data science company a couple of years ago called CrewSpark, which was way before Hugging Face, if you're familiar with the, the AI space, um, it allowed data scientists to collaborate on model development. That didn't go anywhere, but I learned a lot of lessons. And out of that came a lot of innovations like Google Collaboratory and other other companies did better a better job, frankly, of solving that problem. But I've long been enamored with learning and how people get access to good information especially within the context of being in a company. A little bit of a backstory. I've worked for a lot of bad managers, I think, and I, through a 20-year IT career, and I always craved or gravitated towards people that I could really learn from within my company. And I feel like companies don't do a great job of allowing people to find what works for them within the context of a large company. And so I was really inspired to create something that they could have personal to them on their pocket, like a phone or delivered to a mobile phone, where they can actually get access to excellent content when they need it, um, you know, rather than in the company where you're, you're segregated by the department you work in or the team leader you report to, et cetera. So I don't think that structure work works for everybody and wanted to try to break the change there a little bit. What were some of the key lessons that you took away from the venture that you now brought into this new one? Yeah, absolutely. The build it and they will come model never works. So that's one 
there's one a lesson certainly from that, but also getting early validation in the same context is really important. One of the other lessons I learned was because we were working in such a nuanced space or data science generally is a very nuanced place. It's quite tribal in, in terms of data scientists have their technologies that they like to work on and it's very personal to them. And you have to really understand your user, uh, their needs and their wants, but their motivations really well as you roll things out. It's also really important to get early, early traction, early validation on certain ideas. So find a, a team of people that can really support you as you build new features, as you test new assumptions. Um, and that's a lot of those approaches we've taken into Corsa. We're working with a small group of industry experts, specifically in, on the coaching side and the leadership side, actually globally to build content that resonates for a really, for a broad audience, but we're starting small. So for example, we've engaged with specialists all over the world to develop different types of content. And we're testing that as we go to see what's the right calibration model. And we have a bunch of power users. We're scaling up now, but we have a bunch of users that have helped us really hone that user experience because we've actually paused a little bit as uh, through development to make sure that experience is going to go as good as we think it can be. So we're taking our time there and making sure that the product is right, but also as we come up with new ideas, making sure that they're validated early. So what are the practices to validate early now? Yeah, absolutely. I guess, I, I guess entwined with that is to not be too much of a perfectionist in terms of getting early validation, it would be to be able to write down what you think that to feature should be, try to figure out what is the least amount of effort that have to do as an entrepreneur to be able to get that feature in front of users, but also in the context of this is an early feature, we're still figuring it out. Make sure that the end user understands the context of what they're looking at. It's not the finished article, but this is the vision. And so you can build excitement around that feature. Also get the context you're looking at. Another way to do it is to not do that at all and just see their initial reaction and calibrate from there. But, but if you're going to go that way, don't be too, don't be too emotional about how they may or may not respond if they don't understand the context that they're looking at. But so certainly the contract says, find your champions, find the people that are going to give you good feedback, but maybe treat them as a, like a placebo group. So you have one, one group of people that really don't understand your product, but are seeing it for the first time. But also have another group of people that really understand your product and can be excited and can always co-develop it with you. I think that's, that can be quite effective. And to be able to get that framework in place early can really enable a startup in, in the first couple of months. Yeah, I really like that philosophy of maybe you have the beta group who knows that it is a new feature. And then you have the other group who you don't even tell. You're just like, all right, here you go. <laughs> and the feature release. Yeah. Because that's a learning experience as well. You really want to see what their first reactions are, how they are, how their brain contextualizes what they're seeing, and, and then where do their eyes go to first? What catches their eye? What doesn't? Do they understand the language? Everything is a learning part at that point. Yeah, and then you have a stronger business, you have a stronger product, you have a stronger model. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. And, and, but also you're, you're learning about the, 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 fir the first impressions and, and, and what people think of your product. And then maybe you can tweak here and there, as you said, you, you can only go up from there. So, If you could tell your younger self any one thing, what would it be? Great question. Don't be afraid to just try new things. Don't fall into the trap of employment, I suppose, as an early age. When I, when I was 20, I always thought I have to, for that, I have to, I have to go to college. I have to get a job. I have to get married. I have to have this number of kids. And 
it's not that I regret that life journey, but I realize now that I could have been quite quite a bit more liberal about some of those choices. I would have loved to travel the world at the age of 20, try new things, certainly try new business ideas. For about 10 years, I would say, I think up until about you're 30 years old, you actually don't need uh, to follow that traditional, that pathway through through work and, and through life. So that should, be the time. <laughs> that should be the time to test things out and then try all of these. Absolutely. There's a lot of time left in life. Don't feel the pressure of, oh, you have to do things. I don't think that exists anymore. And but certainly I, I have two daughters now and my advice to them will be, you have a lot of time, go and enjoy your twenties and maybe even young thirties, try new things out. You don't know what you might stumble onto. You certainly don't know what you'll learn and, and who you'll meet. And I think that's the most important, exciting, the important but exciting element of life is you'll be able to, you don't know where life is going to take you. And if you don't, if you don't try those things, you'll never, but you have to really put yourself out to see what happens. Well, I think that's, a, that's important. Yeah, it's and also taking risks early on, so you have time to recover for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they're not so much risks. They're, what I found in being an entrepreneur is that there's an awful lot of power in being able to meet new people, and you just never know who you're going to meet, what you're going to stumble onto. Obviously, if you don't put yourself out there, you never get there. Um, so much of this business, if you're if you're in this trade, it's just it's learning connections and there's so much else, there's so much going on and that you have to really broaden your perspective. And if you can do that earlier rather than later, then I think you get a lot of value from it. If somebody in our audience wanted to learn more about Corza or get in touch, how could they do? Yeah, absolutely. So site, Corza.co, we have a store. It's for personal use and for employers. So we're catering towards companies that want to help their employees and make incremental behavioral changes, again, within the context of their day. You can also reach out to myself, Cameron, at Corza.co, C-O-U-R-Z-A.co. We're happy to take you to the platform or our team will, and we'll go from there. Thank you, Cameron, for coming on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. Make sure to smash that subscribe button. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.